The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we address the dog in the room? Yes, or? we talk about our special guest, Susan Boyle, then explain. We've never had a, a guest of this calibre before. Kia ora, welcome to The Real Pod. This is a very special episode, not only because of our special guest, Susan Boyle, but because we are doing our top 20 CTI Ooh. contestants at Celebrity Treasure Island, if you don't know. The, the reboot. The reboot. <laughs> we need to be quite clear about how it's, narrow we've made this. just the reboot. But we um, we have to start off with some, well, first of all, the housekeeping. Please, Jane. So the housekeeping. It's what the people listen for. <laughs> our Discord and our Facebook uh, RealPod Corner links are in the show notes. Make sure you get there. Um, make sure you listen to the the porn episode that Alex Casey and I did with so good. Chris Parker and yeah. Eli Matthewson last week. So candid. What? What? what is that? No, is that fine? What? Make <laughs> your your shirt is kind of unbuttoning <laughs> itself, or is that fine? Okay, no. <laughs> Alex is like telling me I'm too rude. No, no. I just wanted There's to been check. a porn episode. There's been a porn episode. <laughs> I think for your warning, things have changed since you were last in the studio. We're a lot looser now. Uh, we're not ashamed to say things like penis. Look, look how wow. I did that so easily. It's a whole new era for the real pod, but I'm going to do that button up. <laughs> I didn't know if if you if if it's if it's what it's you fine. want. I'll do them it's all fine. up. I'll do them all up. It's fine. <laughs> I'll put them over my face. What have you done, Alan? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I just wasn't sure. It's totally fine. Uh, but we have some real news, so we'll crack into that, shall we? Ordinarily in a podcast, people introduce themselves too, so I feel like real news is a good time to do that. <laughs> I'm Jan Yee. Breaking news. Alex, Alex Casey. Casey. And... Duncan Grieve. Nice. Uh, also, Samuel is in the producer's chair, challenging T.I. here, his role as angel of the pod network, can I say? I think Susan Boyle could take us all down oh, if she felt like it. Absolutely, without question. If she but knew how to operate all of that. <laughs> I'm going to really struggle to get through this episode with just not laughing at just the sheer beauty of Duncan holding Susan Boyle. <laughs> no, I, I like that. Susan seems really happy in my lap. Mm. Like I'm giving, I'm going no hands. Susan is not looking remotely. Uh, she looks a little <laughs> resigned to me, if if I'm to be honest. But she's wearing her like her merch she's with, with the pride. Guy I love merch. I would also like to. I don't know if this is possible. I don't know what the schedule's like. But can we do a photo shoot of Susan Boyle operating the controls? <laughs> I feel like that's what the people want. <laughs> it started out. It started out as me trying to pay you a compliment, Samuel. 
Um, and Ti has <laughs> selfishly gone off and had some annual leave that he's been well overdue for. And uh, and so Samuel's just been saving our bacon left, right, and centre, and done just such a smashing job. So it's thank true. You. It's true. Bravo. Started like Great. 10 minutes myself. ago. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's <laughs> what we do here. <laughs> it is actually. Uh, right. Now, real news, the big news. We went to the TVNZ showcase, didn't we? we? Did. All together as a group outing. Huge outing. Nice time for us, actually. We never well, get to go out together. We, we, we keep threatening and then not making it happen, don't we? But, but we did. We did. We made it happen. And... I want to say it didn't disappoint, but it got to, it was a little bit. But <laughs> it's not boring's not the word. It was long. It was long. Two over two hours. Over two hours. I don't think that's true. What? Well, we we got in at. Oh my gosh, maybe it was it, true. It was true. Oh yeah. my gosh, it was true. I had to leave before it ended. Willie Jackson left even well before me. The, all the stars were <laughs> in the way. <laughs> no, Willie's out. <laughs> <laughs> well, <Very laughs> Willie's out. Good. This is, a rude pod. So <laughs> anything that we're doing from, from here on in. But uh, the big news for us and amongst all the kind of other like American shows that are coming on and uh, the news is back. And Friends is still free, Friends everybody. Still free <laughs> for all. Uh, the big news was the announcement of not one, but two seasons of Celebrity Treasure Island for 2023. Oh. Praise B. What? Oh, and Praise B is probably. Praise B is doing really well. <laughs> Highest rating show on a Sunday morning, probably. <laughs> um, so, CTI, there's going to be the regular version that we know and love, which is a whole bunch of celebrities on an island. But they've done a spin off show in honour of us, surely. Yep. They called it a spin off show, uh, which is Fans vs. Faves, and it's coming in January, and there's a new host, and there's so much information to Too take on board. So Back to Fiji. Back to Fiji. And there's a whole team of people who know the show better than anyone else. Um, just checking my fax machine here. Anyone got the evite to be a part of that program? No. 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 no, not no. I wondered if maybe my um, voicemail has been faulty recently. People haven't been able to leave messages. In terms of people who know the show better than anyone else, and I saw as well Bree in an article talking about, like, the fans are able to, like, quote, quote. We can quote quotes. Yeah, we can quote we can quotes. We can quote quotes. It's like our main thing. <laughs> Do you think? Misquoting quotes. <laughs> Misquoting quotes. Do you think we've upset the producers? Maybe it's too much. Like, it's like it would be a universe collapse. Maybe they'd be worried. Here's mm. what it is. Maybe they'd be worried that we wouldn't recap it if one of us or two of us or three of us were there. And the value of our recaps means that's not it, is it? No. no, that's not it. Hey, something okay. got lost in the post. Yeah. You know, there's been post issues. There were little birdie, or a couple of little birdies in the corner, tell me that they were indeed approached. Give me names. I will not because I fear what you will do to them. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's not like mourners don't know we exist. No. They're in the corner sniffing, sniffing out our, our, our cornies. Speaking of celebrities, Mike Train from... <laughs> Is it? From it too? Unite Union. Oh, Unite. Mike Train's trying to park his he truck was, outside. He was my delegate when I was part of the EPM, PMU. Yeah. Love that. He's not doing very well, can I just say. <laughs> he was he had wearing, a terrible time with that truck. He used to wear a uh, leather jacket. Like, <laughs> well, we still <laughs> does. We really whiplashed out of there, didn't we? May I take us back to Fans v Faves? Yes. Huge theory from a huge fan. Chisholm has stepped down as host to be... <gasps> One of the faves, or the fans. But then, 
His, like, his kind of tense Instagram posting was... It wasn't just tense. He put them on blast. Yeah. The, I mean, what a great... You do what you got to do. What a great yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, the other important part of the fans versus faves, of course, is the faves who are coming back. Mm. And they've said that they're going to go... They're going right back to, like... They're not like us. They're not just like, the reboot. They're going way back as well. Way, 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 way back. Give me Clarkie. Clark. Well, Clark wasn't in Celebrity Treasure Island. He was just in Normie Treasure person. Island. What? He was a normie. He was just, a, yeah. What? Whoa. Like just as a civilian. As a civilian. Did that make him famous? It was one of the things that sort of got him out there. He that, was a radio host at the time. Well, then he shouldn't have been on... But there was no Celebrity Treasure Island. It was just Treasure mm. Island. Oh, so this is like when a celebrity goes on Love Island. I don't even think he was like a, a, a radio host on some, you know, I think oh, he was like... Oh, like a new Plymouth No, I think of. he might have been like with JJ and Dom as like the, he was on the edge as like a producer or something. Was I'm not like, sure. Was it? He wasn't the first man and he was far from it at that time. So I don't think he qualifies for... What a journey. He has recently been on a beach in Tonga. Did you see that wonderful story about this? There's this famous cat that loves to be buried yes. in the sand. Wow. And Clark, he's been burying him yeah. every night to watch the sunset. Yeah. How do we know Stunning. the cat loves to be buried in the sand? Or just... You should see the way that cat jumps into the hole. The cat loves it. It <laughs> loves it. Loves it. Loves it. All about it. Um, so we will try and scope out as much information as we possibly can. Apparently already being shot. Because when they announced it, I was like, where do I sign up? And I'm like trawling the TVNZ website. And then the, 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 the knowledgeable corny was like, no, it's been shot. It has been shot, but it hasn't aired. So could we <laughs> do, sort of get do it inserted? Yeah. Wetter workshop style? Yeah. Green screens? We, need to get we could circus. just be trees or something. I think we just need to get circus to perform us. <laughs> <laughs> Join the circus, the Andy Circus. Oh, yes, 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 of course. <laughs> we do, um, we jest, but we're actually a bit pissed. Anyway, let's <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. Jaden Daniels. So that's the other big news. He's the new Chizzo. Uh, is, he real... as, is he as fond of a Belfie? Yet to be seen. I don't know. Uh, we... Uh, we do, we do love Chiz, so it'll be interesting to see. But I do love Curtis Hanna from Shorten Street, so, you know, I'm not mad about it. Who's going to ca- call the, the games? Because that, that's an underrated part of the show, mm. Yeah, we've, Chizzy's we've been, commentary. Well, maybe Brie will move into that role as now, like, the senior host. But then she, she's good colour, you know, because she sort of, like, eats the food and makes funny, <laughs> funny japes straight to camera. <laughs> Look, January, it's not that long to wait. All will be revealed. I just... Bloody hope Susan Voy gets back on the island. That's oh all I. Gosh. That's all I want. I want Simply her to. Has to. <laughs> and then we're getting more. another season later in the year. Another season later in the year. Oh. And briefly, MKRNZ's coming back. And not only that. Well, can we talk about that at the Dunes and Awards? Because they came out. Everyone Showcase. else. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Accurate. <laughs> accurate. Okay. Fact check me. But. Um, the, the, so everyone else was going hard off the teleprompter, like absolutely strictly on message. Those lads, what are their lads' names? Manu and Colin. Colin. They, and Fasnage, they came out and just, they, Sam Brooks, uh, part of our recap, um, talks about these chefs doing improv. They did do improv and they brought the house down. (laughs) It was a different time. Extremely like old school sexist joke. Yeah. And we were loving it. We were loving it because up to then. Sexism's back, right? Up to that point, it had been a tiny bit near sexism, never went anywhere. (laughs) But up to that point, it it had been a little, uh, you know, it done what it needed to do. It was a little bit dry in moments. It was a little bit hot in moments. It was very hot there were fire b- b- buffers what are those things called <laughs> no, they're called exactly fire buffers yeah. 
we managed to snag seats quite near the front because they were near a whole bunch of reserved seats, but they weren't actually reserved. So we were quite close to the flames and whew, got hot in there. Lost my eyebrows. Um, and the chips were too spicy. The chips, there was nothing, of heat. nothing but spicy flavours. Really spicy, pro- the new proper tortilla chips. Yeah. Mm. And then we, we, we were going hard at it. And then, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, it's fine. And then I wiped my eye. Oh, yeah. And oh, I was crying. No. It looked like I was crying. Alex leaned across and was like, I put chip dust in my eye. <laughs> I, I my highlight was when I you know when you like think fuck's sake when something just keeps going but then you accidentally say fuck's sake not even particularly quietly when they just do another thing and we had, we were literally surrounded by senior TVNZ people like real cool ones like our mates and remind you that behind us are all the reserved MVP seats yeah yeah that was true and I just said fuck's sake and 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 they just gave me this like what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Look, and um, I tried to make it okay, but I don't think I made it okay. You should have taken a hot tip from Alex, just been like, got chip dust in me eye. Yeah. No, it was just so obvious that the timing was savage. <laughs> Any other real news? Just briefly, the champagne lady got lo- locked out of her hotel room in Martinborough uh, over the weekend. Cuddly Bear lost the keys. Um, Cuddly she Bear? sleep on the floor outside of the Martinborough Hotel. Holy that doesn't like, seem like a Was true that a story? toast Martinborough? No. Just normal just a, Martinborough? Just a normal trip to Marty B. <laughs> what, when you say accommodate, hotel, like could you not go to reception and say... But it was the middle of the night because you know what they're like. Got yeah. home probably 2am. Yeah, that's true. Cuddlies. Sounds like she was found asleep, passed out in the hallway. But she was and live come up with Facebooking this. it. She was like, still on the floor. <laughs> still on the floor. 5am. Honestly, get her to the island. Left 200 calls. Yeah, actually. Wow. Because they got to be casting, right? Now I worry, the- though. Like, I don't think everyone, because there's not champagne on the island, as, as far as I'm aware. Drinks. And I just, yeah, she's like Napoleon. I <laughs> genuinely don't know if you could just cold turkey her off the. <laughs> Champers for three weeks and Get have her survive. Get it written to the contract. Just have all the rewards like would be a drip. and yeah, She's just wheeling around a drip of champagne. All, all the, the rewards would have the, the bottle of wine with it. Yeah. Like every True. single reward, a partner deal. And I bet you she'd bloody win those challenges if that was the reward as well. <laughs> She's nimble. Right, let's get into reality check. Let's count down that final twenty. Celebrity Treasure Island. Every contestant ever from the reboot. Top twenty ranked from twenty to one. <laughs> Very catchy. <laughs> I have four weeks to decide I'm going to drop my entire I am disgusted at how much you have copied my husband. <laughs> what if Susan Boyle went to the island? <laughs> she would win. She'd win. We should get dogs out there. I, we've talked about that. You know what? We have talked have about we this. Have we actually? We have talk no. about this before. Yes, Not I told me repeating myself. I go back and listen to old episodes. We, we, we floated a, um, a a Shortland Street cast one. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, that was a very good idea. And we've also floated animals Susie, on the island. Susie, do you want to get down? Does she need to? What? What she, does she need to do? She'll be fine. She's fine. There's a plant in the corner if you need no, it, Susan. She's quite short. You might need to lift her down. She's got very short legs. This is my problem too, Susan. <laughs> Constantly having to get people to lift me off Come seats. Come on, Susie. Here she comes. Well, I am a hairy boy. Yeah. That's her one downfall, to be fair. She sheds like you wouldn't believe. Okay. Can we do the rankings? Yeah. All right. Let me find them on my computer. So we left off with, I believe it was Joel Rindelob was our number 21, and we're into the top 20 now. 
Coming in at number 20, Jess Tyson. She made it to the top six of her season, which was the 2021 season. She was eliminated in conjunction with Candy Lane in that very tense uh, peers elimination. Um, and Duncan, you've got thoughts. You think that's too low in the rankings for Jess Tyson? No, I think it's appropriate. I think I think there was initial. She was initially tried to. They, they tried to put her well down. I know that she <laughs> they! was. They. They. Horrible ladies. <laughs> yes, I'm looking at them. Uh, I think so. Like, admittedly, she was earnest, and it was no jokes. But I think that you you need a character like that, and I also think she just did she did really good. Like her, her charity clearly meant a hell of a lot to her. It was actually, it was literally her charity, not mm. uh, and 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 I feel like she spoke like incredibly compellingly and, and in a really open way in a forum where that kind of it feels intense to discuss it, but it's also like it's really important to that in that terms that mass piece that you have a convo, convo like that there. She had really good uh, tell Marty sort of uh, integration as well like and which was the kind of the breakthrough motif of that season and i just i just rated her as a like like great competitor just you can't all be crack up comedians like you need some Jess Tysons now tell me why i'm wrong because this isn't the fold you've done an excellent breakdown and analysis <laughs> of where it stands where she stood societally and what she did and her purpose and all that kind of thing um to me bit boring so with a real pod lens on it i think 20 is probably too high to be fair she did wear socks and jandals on the beach repeatedly is that that's a bit of banter yeah is it not? But if that is, that is your if that if that's your only <laughs> memorable kind of I mean I was super surprised that she was top six I, I looking back on where people came I was like really I think going that far in the competition and not having any real bloody funny funny moments but it's not a funny funny moment show even though it is funny funny moment it show. is a funny yeah, funny moment but, but that's moment not show. how you decide how deep you go because there is still unfortunately a competition no but I'm saying in terms of ranking the entertainment value of oh, someone oh yeah but you just said top 6 not top 20 um no, I was talking about top 6 she went in the through show. to the top in the 6 show. in the show yeah, in the show but yeah. you get through to the top 6 of the show by doing good at the you know, I know, we're not that. ranking on how good they did I in the know, show. But, Are we arguing about but, our She did now? use, I found a quote from her where she says, if I can use their love for me as an advantage, I'm going to do it. So I think we also need to remember that she, although she was like, you know, sweet and nice, that was her strategy and mm. that got her there. And I know that that does count for something in the top. Jane is sticking out her tongue. You were the one who started this metric with all these crazy numbers. Yeah. <laughs> it's your algo. <laughs> it's your algo. You guys messed with my algo, okay? Because I put a, a, a 40 versus 10 rate <laughs> weighting, 40 points for entertainment value versus 10 points for gameplay. Uh, and so to me it's all about just crack and telly. It's all about okay. crack and telly. Okay. Well, congratulations to Jess Tyson. You've made the top 20. Are <laughs> uh, we doing certificates for these celebs? Because they definitely put them on the bedroom wall. I assume there's going to be some sort of prize giving. Yeah, there not? is going to be a prize giving at the end of this. Get some buffers out. You just wait. <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> uh, Dylan Schmitty. Buffers for Dylan. Now, he's in at number 19. Um, where did he come in the competition? I started filling out where everyone came, but there's a few that I missed. Uh, he, he went quite far. He got taken out by TK and the balance on the cones and hold yourself oh, up. Right. Fingers yes. challenge. I don't, think I don't remember. No, but mid midway. This is all we remember of Dylan Schmidt. Female body inspector. <laughs> so 
Good. Like, I worry that were it not for Dylan Schmidt, that phrase <laughs> might never have been uttered on TV post, like, internet. It's true. So you're telling me he's part of the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> I think he aspires to join the feds. <laughs> I have to challenge you something on Alex. Excuse me? It's not the only thing that Dylan Schmidt will be challenge remembered Challenge you something for. on Alex. <laughs> I'll try to do that again. <laughs> I have to challenge you on something, Alex. That's yes. not the only thing Dylan Schmidt will be remembered for. Okay. I'd like you to cast your mind back to one magical moment where there was a entire body flip on a tiny little rebounder trampoline. That's true. But that's what he does. No, but not a rebounder. Well, I also think like there was that amazing sequence where they were all talking very emotively about missing their like partners or best friends. <laughs> that's right. And Shreddy was like, I miss my tramp. <laughs> And it was like weirdly moving and also one of the two or three funniest things that happened on the show that That's season. That's right. But he was also excluded from the big boys, taking out the big boys. Oh, um, I was really confused. Yeah, there because was a, he's a big boy, he's small. <laughs> there was a lot of conversation about taking out the big boys and how they were such, uh, such threats um, while Dylan was sat there in in the camp. And just like... Busting out of his yeah, shirt. Like he's so not being considered. His bright a yellow tradey polo as well, which I think Bear's mentioning, like cool fashion on the island. <laughs> and he got swindled, remember by Ron, like kind of early on when they were in a challenge together and I think he thought he struck some kind of deal, but Ron was just like instead of swapping a clue or whatever, was just like, Can I have all your fishing gear? And Dylan was like, Yeah. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Are you God. the FBI? Like, <laughs> this is my point, right? Dylan's at 19, Jess is at 20. <laughs> Dylan wasn't there for anywhere near as long as Jess was and all of these memories, all of these moments. I rest my case, Your Honour. At number she 18. At number 18, Cam Mansell, friend of the pod, came in and did a... Bestie a of the pod, member fan, of the Discord. Huge fan of the pod, definitely has listened definitely to it. Definitely knows exactly <laughs> what's going on with the real pod. <laughs> He uh, he was such a great commentator who grew. Like when we when he was first announced and in the very early episodes, I don't think he got a lot of airtime. But over the course of the season, he just really came into himself. He had this amazing friendship with Susan Devoy. They did yoga together or meditation together on the beach. Um, what else did he do? The he nuggets. shared his love of nuggets. Nuggets, and he kind of just like. I loved his look on the island. Mm. Like when I saw him in real life, I was like, you are a different person. Both like insanely handsome, crazy to look at. But he really went full sort of Pirates of the Caribbean looking <laughs> out there. <laughs> and I respected it. And he did have some game as much as he didn't think he did. He did because when you think about that really, really funny scene uh, where Courtney Louise had to make a really difficult decision about saving Melody or not. And Cam got involved in that. And he was like, don't save Melody. And so he he really developed as someone who he you know was all lost at sea to start with, made it all the way through to the top six with Dame Susan Devoy, the pair of them as a not only new BFFs but also competing together. Just a lovely, lovely story arc for the for the young man. He he also had that quality where he felt like he was representing the viewer, like both yes. in terms of his responses to the celebrities doing weird things and his. General, he had this kind of ingenue quality to him. Uh, yeah, a lot of time for Cam. And what a way to go. What a way to go. Forgetting, like, or not realising that you actually had 10 blocks the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> when you say a lot of time for Cam, 
truly a lot of time uh, spent looking for a block that they actually had already found. So just to remind you, in the, <clears throat> in the competition to get into the top four, the face-off was digging up a bunch of things. They needed to get ten. They got what they thought was nine, kept digging. Uh, but it turns out they actually had already got the ten puzzle pieces. Oh. The craziest part of this is I asked him very recently over the DMs how long they spent digging for that that elusive tenth piece because we had speculated that if it had been any more than like five minutes, they definitely would have won the challenge, right? They were digging for 40 minutes after no. already having So no one did a count? Well, no, I guess not. Just wild. You know it would be good for digging challenges? Dogs. Yes, yes. Imagine that. If each team had a dog, they could bring it yeah. Yeah. to help. Oh, You'd probably a want a idea. bigger dog than Susie B. Looks can be deceiving. <laughs> she is asleep now. <laughs> Speaking of pocket rockets, at number 17, Athena Angelou. I've just got pocket rocket. <laughs> I've just got Pocket Rocket written here. Which I think counts for a lot. When people get their own nicknames within the game, I think that makes you a top 20 competitor. We forget Athena made it all the way to the end. Her and Shannon mm. were right there till the very end. She was amazing in her interviews. We've, we've forgotten this because it was 2019. That's, and it was before that's COVID the problem. And everything's, everything's gone to hell. Also, the 2019 season was before it became like a – a core part of our cultural makeup as a nation. It was just a show. It's true. This is true. Oh, the fold. She also spoke a lot about, like, she 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 was homeless for a time with yes. a young child. I and her now. backstory, as told on the show, was, like, incredible. And she was one of those ones where we had no idea who she was mm. before she went on and it introduced this, like, amazing new talent to the country. What's she Pocket doing now? Rocket. Don't know. Pocket rocket? <laughs> Probably Forever. Rocket Lab. <laughs> once, a, once a pocket rocket, always a pocket rocket. I've also been referred to as a pocket rocket um, when I was what on C4. What does it mean? I don't know. Someone who's small and loud, maybe? Oh, yeah. Feels almost. That scans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at number 18, too low, honestly. Lynette Forday. Oh, Lynette. Our friend, in a way. Well, We've seen her around a lot. I think people that you see around are a friend. No, she's a friend. Like, because I, I stopped and bailed her out <laughs> when we were. Crossing. That is not how oh, the train track. It's not really how you make friends, Duncan, but good for you. Well, it's the way I make friends. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. But um, she, she initially looked at me like I was a crazed fan, which, yes. Accurate. Uh, and then when I explained who I was at quite some length, she eventually sort of went, oh, the the." The spin-off, I love the spin-off, and then I talked about our podcast. She seemed completely unaware of it. Surely just some mistake. She must have just forgotten about her favourite podcast. It happens. But uh, we exchanged numbers. She, 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 was, she was like – I think she was integral to that really combustible early part of the show. Like you needed her and Susan and Mel to be just kind of basically freaking out nonstop to really make the thing work. Also having the person who's the fish out of water in yeah. the most extreme way possible. The woman had 35 caftans. <laughs> she had an inflatable coat hanger. She had that weird like washing bag, which we never really saw again. <laughs> but just seeing her kind of like inhale from the very beginning, extremely enjoyable. And okay. also, 
Huge hat. Huge hat. Which counts for a lot, as we'll talk about later. Like, I think she that hat was like an umbrella. Like, you get the whole <laughs> of her under the hat. Remember that amazing captain's challenge where they had to... Great challenge. Drink a glass of water really fast. (laughs) And she tipped the whole thing down in front and was like, done. (laughs) That was amazing. That was epic. People were like too scared to let her know that you have to drink some of it at least. (laughs) It was really like amazing hack. It was just like... No, almost none in her mouth. None. So, so amazing. She was uh, truly chaotic and also walks six hours a day. She said that on the show. I was like, surely, surely that's a whatever a, a typo was in the spoken word. Um, and no, she has been spotted out and about a lot, not only by us, but never, also Corny's are capturing her out and about. Never have seen her sat sitting. No, True. she's always she's always up, always she on the go. At number fifteen, we cast our minds back to the two thousand and nineteen season again. Jodie Rimmer. The duck mask. The duck How mask. can we forget that big rubber duck mask that was never explained, was brought out, I think, on day one. She was just like such a bizarre kind of crazy auntie archetype <laughs> romping around the island. Did she bring the duck mask in her luggage? Is that how it got to the island? Or were they given like photo booth style props to play with? When they were just still experimenting with the format. I think that's her essential item. Right. Maybe that was her bag. You know, like maybe she just keeps <laughs> things in the duck mask. I wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> she did so many, like, I was going back through the power rankings of the time and she was basically like a meme. Like she used to hide in the bushes to try and spy on Sam Wallace. She famously made herself vomit because she was worried she was going to go home. She didn't make herself vomit. Oh, no, sorry. Vomit. She pretended she to pretended vomit. She pretended to vomit. <laughs> so that they, they wouldn't put her up for elimination because, you know, that would be unfair to put up someone who's sick. It's just Actually, quality gameplay, classic. Seemingly ahead of her time in terms of, you know, just having fun with the format. True. Yeah, I think that she would have made almost more sense in the latter two seasons, uh, where it sort of started just to get a bit wavy. And was also what got her as the voiceover for the Bachelorette and the Bachelor oh, in yes. the, the year to follow. Yes, we were introduced to Jodie in her interesting ways. Hell of a career, Jodie. Interesting career. Melody rules. Cousin of my ex-boyfriend. Is it? Yeah. That's an interesting tidbit. Oh, I thought it was the name of an old New Zealand show. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually weird that wasn't a James Griffin, like one season, one day. To put it into context, I was like 18 at the time, so we're talking eons ago. Mm. So she was uh, still sort of like a really quite big household name at that point, you know. Her Instagram handle at the time, I, I think in this season they had the celebrities' handles on screen, and hers was at shouty underscore pirate. Yep, she's shouty pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Which gets you in the top 20. And a second only to Travel Photos NZ. <laughs> true. The Kiwi. <laughs> That's another ranking. That's another ranking. Okay. Uh, Number 14, God bless her. What a lovely, lovely person. Incredible player. Gone too soon. Brinley Stent. Puzzle Queen. The the original Puzzle Queen. Um, She was overshadowed a little bit by by Joe. um, No, sorry. She was overshadowed a little bit by Chris Parker and Lance Savali and the uh, awesome foursomes. But she sort of straddled between... Uh, those two and Joe Damon. What a great group of people to hang oh, out oh, with. Crazy. Like, imagine, imagine. I also think like Brinley Stent is like a proper weirdo, like in terms of her comedy, and she did not hold back on the show. And I think that that 
you know, it's like good for New Zealand to be exposed to like non-traditional personalities. <laughs> and also her beautiful friendship with Chris Parker. Oh. My my main memory of is when they were like running towards each other when they were in separate camps on the beach and doing like trying to communicate yeah. by doing bodies and throwing Tim Tams over the rocks at each other. It was just such a beautiful friendship. It was. They were the very end. just so lovely. And they, I think they had been flatting together at the time as well. Um, so very, very close friends, besties, helped each other through. But um, I can't even remember how she got eliminated. No. She did send Art Green home, which I remember was quite That's an early huge. upset. It was very huge. exciting. It seemed like he was just going to win because he's just Art gi- giant. Mm. And, yeah, she just... Like it was nothing. It didn't even seem pl- possible. It seemed like there'd be some intervention. It's like you can't send out Green Home. It's in his contract. Like, yeah, like the police will show up and just be like, oh, look, it's, a, it's the law. But she did it. She did it. She uh, she fought the law and she won. Um, the funniest thing I think I've ever seen Brinley do on uh, on Instagram was she did a live when she was in Japan once where she was eating or sampling every flavour of Kit Kat available in Japan, which is, by the way, many, many, many. They have so many flavours. So she went through and she ranked them all, very spin-off style, um, and sampled them all and reviewed them all in one sitting. <laughs> it was wow. great. Wow. What was number one? Can't remember. Oh. <laughs> Can't remember. <laughs> but I do know that we're heading towards number one in our rankings. Let's have a quick break. We'll have a quick break and we'll, we'll return with, uh, with number four, 13. <laughs> <laughs> Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. At lucky number 13, Shannon Ryan, 2019 season. Absolute powerhouse. Should have won. True mastermind of that season. She should have won. She took it very, very seriously, eh? I still remember when she was co-hotu of her team and she just had, like, this amazing aura of, like, power and intimidation about her. Mm-hmm. And I just th- she just carried that right throughout the whole show. She when did, Where did she go home? Like, she went home... She went home with Athena right before the final. Yeah, right. So she was top six for sure. She had this vibe. Like if Celebrity Treasure Island was resolved in the same way that that Hodaki billboard competition was resolved, where you basically just – it was like a battle of wills. There were no challenges. It's just at some point you say, well, I probably need to go back to real life and and some money. She'd she'd still be playing now. Yeah, yeah, You know, if it were up to her. She uh, she did a little bit of a – she was like Jessie Chook in many ways in the uh, first season in that she amassed a lot of clothes. Mm-hmm. She was a huge threat. She knocked two Olympians out of the competition. Mm-hmm. She went up for elimination battle four times That's in a massive. Row. Oh, I reckon that wow. has got to be a record, mm. going up for, bat- for elimination four times. It means she won three of them. 
and then I guess the fourth didn't work out so well. But that's massive. I think what she brought as well, which is something we're used to seeing now, but she was big into like yoga and mindfulness and had all these little like mantras she took her team through. Has she spent time in LA? I mean, if she she vibed like someone who had just come back from LA in the best way possible. I hate that though, and and the reason why is because I don't want to. Because that's know. your thing, eh? No, <laughs> and she was on music television. It's really actually rude. It is yeah. rude. It is rude. But speak to Jackie Brown because she's probably got to say some things about me as well. I look, no, the thing I think <laughs> is that when it comes to wellness and yoga and mindfulness and all of that actually manifesting in great success, that annoys me because I'm no good at that shit and I want to be successful at things. Can't just eating junk food and being really unhealthy and lazy also manifest into good things? That's sort of a type of wellness, isn't it? No. Yeah. Health like, is holistic. And, and it's, can, what do they call it? The wrong type of self-care. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's good enough for me. At number 11. No. At number 12, the Wiz, Gary Freeman. <gasps> What's wrong, Alex? No, I left the Wiz out of my notes. I can't believe I forgot the Wiz. How could you forget the, the Wiz? The biggest hat, not only in the game, in human history. Bigger than Lynette's? Bigger than Lynette's. Wow. Well, yeah, it's proportionally, because the Wiz unit, he was captain of the Kiwis. <laughs> Must be massive. Monster head. The funniest thing about the Wiz is that I'm not even sure he knew that he was on Celebrity Treasure Island. No, I no. don't know that he had any concept of what was going on. He just was hanging out with his mates. He couldn't see past the brim. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you go back and look at photos of the Wiz on that show, it is comedy. It is Scary Movie 3. If you recall that famous scene where the lady's hat <laughs> keeps throwing. Scary Movie 3. No <laughs> Which I think is the best comedy that. film ever made. I, I don't believe that. Wow. There's a scene where the woman's hat keeps growing bigger and bigger and bigger, and that <laughs> is the whiz. It was just humongous. It should be in the real pod museum. Can you do like a screening of Scary Movie Three, like in, in the chambers, where you just sort it's of really good, like where you just like a director's cut, you kind of you just explain what we're about Commentary. to go through. Yeah, well, we've talked about doing one on uh, Hinder's Lips of an Angel, but. <laughs> Alex keeps resisting it. <laughs> Poo-pooed that. You seem we, to we did Twilight once, didn't we? We did Twilight. You that was a roaring think, success. You seem to think we can't talk at length about something that's only three minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know where you get that idea and from. And yet. <laughs> um, the Wiz also had a great technique when they did the biscuit, you know, the biscuit on the forehead down sure. to the mouth. Classic. Where he like collapsed his neck <laughs> and he looked like, you know when you get a really weak water bottle? Like really weak plastic and it, oh, yeah. and it like crumbles. Bends, it crumbles like that and he looks exactly like that. That's wow, extremely that's specific analogy. Really good. No, but you like know. It. Oh yeah, I know. You know exactly what I mean. Yeah, but you, yeah, that's why it's really good. I sort of feel like <laughs> you should give us sort of a bit of warning when you're going to do like a really good analogy because it kind of wrecks it for the rest of us. It does. We can't compete. Um, and he made it to the final. Yeah, so I was going to say... <laughs> that part is just yeah. <laughs> completely unbelievable. Okay, the reason he made it to the final, surely not seen as a threat by a single other person mm. and just not, accidentally coasted through. Not seen. There was not a, seen. There's a sentient hat <laughs> wandering around. Uh, his performance in the final was indicative of his <laughs> yes. whole entire time on the island and really spoke to the fact he had no clue what he was doing. He just ran around after the others... Completely clueless, literally clueless. Mm. Um, and <laughs> and at one point, I think you know, someone went up the garden path. They went up the wrong way, and and he he just followed. Yeah, he just followed. Didn't give any mind to what the the purpose of trying to find the treasure was. What they were there to do. Just like there's a person who's running. I'll go after them. They seem to know what they're doing. It was very like sort of, you know, when you watch 
like when your kids first go to school and you, you watch them during like morning tea they or just something. Run around after they're each just other. running around after each other and it's like there is no leader or game they're just basically terrified of like if they stop they'll drown kind of thing and it was that he had that kind of energy particularly in the finale that's exactly why we didn't realize right away that my son had autism because we were like oh he's doing really well socially at school and then and then the psychologist was like yeah but at that age the kids just run around after each other you can't tell anything and that's exactly you know the words was just just running around not telling anything not a diagnosis <laughs> not a diagnosis of course that just reminded me of that anyway uh, number 11 the man the myth the legend Krabby Krabbage Krabbage to be eliminated just missed the top six by a whisker oh. but he, he had such a pivotal role in this season the Spice Girls Alliance the Backstreet Boys Alliance <laughs> The Big Boys Alliance. The tiny speedos, but a lot of crab. <laughs> like the and, and, and he like he got quite sort of angry at various times. He was an amazing trader. Like he used the sort of force of his scale, which had its own gravity, to just sort of suck clues and implements out of people and offered them nothing in return. They were like, I guess this is fine. You know? But he did arrive with like a crazy aura of leadership immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And was like, okay, we're going to build a little like conversation nook <laughs> and we're going to be in a V formation and we're going to move forward. <laughs> and it kind of worked for him for a while. And then he had this relationship with Courtney Louise, which was a very unlikely alliance that lasted for a very, very long time. And was very effective. The pair of them were kind of controlling things for a while there. Never quite had full trust, I think, either of them, but, you mm. know, rightly so. But they, they, were, they were sort of getting through it. I feel like, I think Ron Cribb was in the All Blacks during the peak of the sort of Gil, Gilbert Anoka, who was this, uh, this, like, this kind of, he's like a real estate agent and like a sort of a guru. And he had like a profound influence on the All Blacks of the 2000s and early 2010s. And, it was very much about red, red mind and blue mind, and and all of this kind of weird sort of pseudoscience stuff. And I feel like Ron would like brought that kind of energy to the island in a really fun way. Also, just unit. Yeah, like, the, the slip and slide I challenge. I will never oh forget that vision of him running towards that slip and slide Scariest and feeling thing. like he was going to burst through my screen. Yeah. and detonate the entire street. And he just did not stop. He, no. didn't stop. he went off the edge of the tarpaulin, over a cliff, <laughs> uphill, down dale, and then decided to stop only with his forehead at a certain point. Yeah. Amazing. Like, just dug it in like it, like it <laughs> created a, a head-sized divot. Huge man, huge moment. At number 10, his partner in crime, and I will challenge you, Duncan Grieve, I believe that Courtney Louise trusted Ron like she trusted no one else, at the point where she was like, when she was trying to get into other alliances, she was always bringing Ron with her. I think it wasn't until the very last when they really had to, to dig into the individual game and she went a little bit, you know, after she got uh, eliminated and then saved by Karen, I think she she went, she had a moment there where she just unraveled a bit and that's where things came undone with her and Rob. But up until that point, and it was a really long time, they were super tight. Yeah, that's, that's probably fair. I just remember a lot of those in the moments where she seemed to be really not trusting anyone, even <laughs> and especially her own self. 
Uh, she was a savage player. She was an extreme actor when it came to her like masterminding. I can't even remember what the situation was, but she masterminded like a captain's vote or something. Oh, that's right, because she wanted to send Joel home, but she didn't. She oh, wanted no, to put who, Joel. Up, who they wanted to put out for elimination, but she didn't want to be seen to be the one making the decision. So she fake cried. Yeah. But, but not just cry, was, like proper. It was proper t- sobbing, yeah. Oscar winning. In. Even Ron was like, I don't know if this is. Yeah, so she came up with not. this plan with Ron and was like, here's how it's going to play out. And then Karen's going to put up her hand and say this. And I don't know if they planned it with Karen. I don't think so. I think she just knew that that was the sort of thing that Karen would say. And she just turned on the tears and said, I can't make the decision. So I think we should have a vote about who we're going to put up in the elimination. Um, just what an actress. Just incredible. Incredible. She also wore billowy white pants throughout the show, which yeah. I think is really brave. And, yeah. And when eating cream pasta after not having eaten for a very and long time. Yeah. I mean, that's. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the like people who give their everything to the game and be wildly entertaining doing it, like she was very, very high up there. And she was right on Jesse's tail. Yeah. yeah. Right until the very he end. He had so many advantages over her with all his many, many clothes and the fact that he knew where the treasure was buried and so on. <laughs> that is helpful. <laughs> that little old thing. Um, so, you know, by rights, you'd say that she probably did better in the final, but uh, he just had those um, those lovely advantages. Though you could also argue she shouldn't be there at all because, of course, she was eliminated at one point. This is true. And Karen O'Leary said, no, I'm going home because I want Courtney to stay. Uh, so, you know, sliding doors. And number nine. We're in the top ten now, guys. It's very exciting. And number nine, Sir Wayne Buck Shelford. He came fourth. He wow. How? How? <laughs> when the 2021 season started and Buck Shelford was there doing his weekend at Bernie's thing, <laughs> seeming like he had only gone to the island to get out of having to deal with the sale of his house <laughs> back in the mainland. That's fair enough. <laughs> totally fair enough. Um, I was like, he's not going to go very far and that's fine. You know, he's here to be a bit of star power, here mm. for a good time, not a long time. It also, he, he had this real grouchy energy where you were like, like it's almost like, his agent just hadn't got him anything for a long time and sort of just panicked through him in the ring. And he was like, so I'm doing what? <laughs> this is, but I guess I'm here now and really just did the least. Mm. And then by the end was just this amazing, like, co-martor of the show. Yeah. Beautiful friendship with Candy Lane. Amazing. The oldies alliance. When he beat uh, Richie Barnett. Huge. Oh. To be fair. We didn't find out till very near the end of the season. He's actually related to Candy Lane by marriage somehow. Yeah. It's New Zealand. <laughs> no, is it? No, no, but I mean in terms of like their friendship, it just seems weird that they were kind of like, at first it almost seemed like he was like, Ugh, I'm stuck with her. But I think they didn't necessarily know. Like, I think they worked it out. No, no. They're like, like his... His brother's married to her sister sort of thing. Like, it's like, like Aaron and Simone Anderson. Yeah, it's like pretty... Uh, anyway... That's by the by. She found a, a banana in Buck's bag and ate it, and that pissed him <laughs> off, I think. So. That just sounds so rude. I wrote down a quote that he said after, I think, they had a big argument. I remember there was some real tense argument where I think Edna and Buck went head to head, and that was when Buck was kind of like, okay, if you want to play the stupid mm. game, I'm going to play. Mm. And he said, it's dog eat dog, mm. and I'm a big dog, and I can eat a lot of meat. Yeah, <laughs> he did say that. That was incredible. <laughs> But then by the end, um, 
him and Edna were got quite close. Mm. However, <laughs> Edna was so pissed off with Lance when Lance put her with Buck for the, the Pierce challenge at the end there. That's right. There was that really tense, the sandwich, um, the baguette, baguette gate, where they all sat around in silence after that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was also, was that around, there was like a very touching moment where Buck was talking about, he talked about the rainbow people in relation to like Chris and his charity and Rainbow Youth. And it was like, man, when would you get an all black having this conversation on yeah. national television, you know? I think he, Buck really, I, I feel like, he didn't think he was going to be around a long time, and he probably mm. was really surprised by the friendships he formed. And I mean, I can't speak for the man, but no, I think that's, the a, sense. that's a great point actually, because I reckon. And again, I'm just guessing at this, but like former All Blacks tend to probably move in really specific social circles, which are largely former All Blacks. And then for him to be thrust into the situation where he's around all different kinds of people, you know, this he was like a warrior, hard man, famously had one of his nuts fall out of his nutsack because his nutsack got ripped. You know, like, this is quite a, quite a, this is how we understand Buck Shelford. And then to see all these different aspects of his character with all these different types of New Zealander, that, that, that is a big part of why that season just took on this kind of, had these particular qualities to it, you know? Just lovely. And number eight, Sir Wayne Buck Shelford's sister-in-law, Candy Lane. <laughs> <laughs> this is she was such a treat. Candy Lane was just so entertaining. She was, I don't know, it's hard to put into words because she, she kind of had this sort of quality of a little bit was like, you know, like didn't really know what was what was happening half the time, just knew she was getting left out of challenges when she wanted to be in the challenges, got quite upset about that. But just kind of, I don't know, f- floating about, flitting about, having a nice time and... Uh, why are you all looking at me so blankly? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> you're looking at me like I am going crazy. Well, no. but, but when you're when you're describing it, it doesn't sound like a top whatever person. But I, I think don't she think was. she was flip. I, I I think my memories of Candy Lane were like extremely emotional and those really horrible examples of older people getting left out of everything and being made to feel invisible. That's true. And she talked about that a lot. I mean, she did do some funny shit that we learned later, like she smuggled in spices in her makeup palette. I think, I think I'm think a genius. I think I've got too much of that informed in my head of kind of like the, the stuff that we found out about Candy on the island by talking to other contestants who'd been there. Yeah. Um, but yes, you're right. She did. There was that particularly moving moment where she kept getting stood down from being in challenges. And there was one where she was, they were like, okay, and who else going in? And she was going, I can do it. I yeah. can go in. I can swim. And she, she's a professional dancer, mm. businesswoman. Like, like, so both physically and in terms of like, you know, the, the just the scale of her operations – she, you know, she should by rights have been considered both a threat and a massive asset. And the fact that she was stood down without anyone even really asking her, you know, what 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 she was about, or you know, like I I do think, yeah, you know, that was another aspect of that season. Like the what you said, Alex, like the 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 invisibility or the the kind of disregard of old people, but particularly old old woman, older woman, like she was. So compelling when she talked about that, and and I think you know like it was those weird two speeds of the show was like really funny and really moving. Mm. Mm. Love it. And again, when she, much like Buck, decided to start playing, we got that amazing line, and I can't quite remember. Where something like 
there's not enough room in your mouth for my words yeah. <laughs> to Edna, which made no sense. No. So I don't even know if I've misquoted no, it or it not. No, something but. like that. I, I think, I think you know, Edna accused Candy of putting words in her mouth and, yeah, she replied, there's well, there's not enough room, room in, in your, your mouth for my <laughs> words. <laughs> I'm a big dog. I just do like the, the energy of, like, these, these older people that are like, I have seen twice <laughs> the shit you've seen. Shut up. You know, yeah. these, like, yeah. young people. It's just a great dynamic. And the, both of them made it into the top six. Incredible. So Candy and Buck both got top six. So just uh, out there doing it for, for the oldies, you know? And we have to talk about her little parody, The Godmother yes. singlet that she wore throughout the game. She was just... Very strong. So, yeah, there was a lot of, like, quite deep stuff going on with Candy Lane, but honestly, she was fun and funny as well. She and was. just, like, just a very great character to have on the show. Um, again, one of those people who maybe, you know, just seems... What's the word when something doesn't fit? You know, it just doesn't seem like necessarily part of the natural cast that you'd imagine on the island. So what a lovely surprise. And then she delivered. Mm. At number seven, Siobhan Marshall. This... This woman had an arc, man. She did so incredibly well in this show, but much like Cam Mansell, started out pretty low-key, pretty quiet, and just really came into her potency. Mm. Also, she she was pumping her breasts <laughs> on that island. That should have her at number one, to be fair. Honestly, it's crazy. She had a very, very young baby that she left for the island. She thought she was going to last two days. She had not planned to be there the whole time. And top... Four. Top She six? came fourth. Yeah, she came fourth. Unbelievable. She was collecting alliances like stickers. <laughs> At whole first it was funny. You know, she was just yeah. like, ah, I love it. I'm in all these alliances. And by the end, they were just like genuine friendships, one of which got her completely saved from elimination because she she gained the trust and friendship of Joel so much that he threw an elimination challenge so she could stay in the show, mm. which was a pivotal moment. But she also turned into a total beast in challenges by the end. Like, she was absolutely nailing puzzles, winning things left, right and centre, and just really quietly and humbly and kind of being, like, pleasantly surprised by, oh, I didn't think I'd be able to do that, and I was able to do it. But also increasingly realising the threat of Jessie Chook, Jessie, and giving us us that enunciation. (laughs) Yeah, she she was very much... The, the the audience on the show and that 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 constantly being surprised by basically everything in this very sweet and personable way but then also once she started to realize that she was really good at a whole bunch of things on the show you know that like which seemed to take her a long long time she was beast competitor totally totally and number 6 boss babe Edna Swart, who for ages, my autocorrect would write Stuart. And so mm. I think throughout the whole bloody season we were recapping, I kept calling her Edna Stuart. No. I've sorted my shit out now. Did uh, you? Yeah, well, not the whole time. First couple of episodes and Alex kept correcting me. <laughs> anyway, I got it right this time. Edna Swart. Uh, she was in the top three of the 2021 season with Lance and Chris. Very good at the game. Had a very strong focus right from the moment she arrived on the island. She wasn't here to make friends. Mm-mm. Accidentally did by the end. Uh, she was there to win. Ferocious. Ferocious. I think people really like, you know, she was extremely kind of underestimated and mischaracterized from the jump. You know, she was the stereotypical, you know, vapid influencer, you know, with not a lot 
going on and she had to fight and and she does have this kind of hard personality and she sort of fought that the whole way but and and you know I think at, at the start we were probably a little bit leery of her but by the end you're just like well, she's just such a cool and specific person to to be on TV like mm. yeah she was amazing she was a blueprint for Courtney Louise you know, in True. terms of being very single-minded, looking amazing, by the way, the whole entire time. Absurd. And just being, like, an amazing player and um, just, just proving themselves beyond what you'd expect. Ed and I swimwear, I did check it out, and I went, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> Edna, Edna can wear Ed and I. Ed and I swimwear. is made for Edna. <laughs> Season three Boss Babes, by the way, is on TVNZ. Great watch. <laughs> <laughs> and I really liked in the... Final, like there was this moment after the win, I think, where Chris was very emotional. He was said to her, he's like, People think you're one thing, and I know that you're not, and you've shown everybody that. And I feel like Truth. it was just an amazing journey yeah. for her. Preach. Yeah. Honestly, that top three is just, just so, so incredible. She, she also beat Buck in that endurance challenge, which got her to the top three. Remember, they were right. hanging on yeah. a pole, which, you know, Buck's like big. Big older guy. Yeah, but he's also an ex all black, you know? Yeah. You know, and they have a really strong mental game, those guys. Mm. This is the guy whose testicle fell out of his testicle sack. Yeah. You know? Popped it back in and kept on scrubbing. That's not someone I would want to be in any sort of endurance challenge with. I want to know more about that. Anyway, (laughs) he doesn't like to talk about it, (laughs) which is real cool because I would talk about it. That's all you talk about, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She was quite confused about the game, which was fun for a long time in the middle there. She thought she was in all these alliances that she wasn't, and she started like getting really paranoid and carried away with things. Um, I remember her having a really funny conversation with. with Kimberly Crossman at one point, I think there was like a really obvious clue about a, a ship or something, and then uh, she just went off on a tangent. Was like, "But what if it's about this?" It's like, "No, no, it's just about a pirate ship. It's very, very straightforward." She also innovated crushing Tim Tams into rice, which I think is huge. Sounds desperate. Sounds desperate. <laughs> sounds yum. Does sound quite yum. Uh, she also had a really touching moment. I think we're in quite a telling moment in terms of her tenacity. Where she talked about her dad. And how he was a win at all costs kind of a person. Mm. And that's just, you know, it was something she was a little bit solemn about, um, but spoke to why she had the drive that she did. Uh, at number five, the man himself, Jesse Chook, the winner of the most recent season of Celebrity Treasure Island. Extremely good at the game in every way. Got a whole mess load of advantages and a thousand clues. But he sort of got those by being really good at the game yeah, as absolutely. well, you know? The whippet. The whippet of the game. Yeah, and he he was um he, he had this unique quality, a little bit Lance esque where he was able to make friends with a lot of people mm-hmm. while completely shafting them mm. in, in in kind of like the nicest way and, and, and feeling bad about it, but doing it anyway. Um and Ultimately, his physical prowess just couldn't be, you know, it, it just couldn't be argued with. He was he was just so good at every kind of game. And, and even if he sort of got behind or somehow disadvantaged, he'd just sort of glide through. I think Nikki said at the time, who was that kid who was just good at everything mm. at school sports, he so was that. But then also being good at all the strategy while also being everyone's mate, really, you know, yeah, I feel like you could play Celebrity Treasure Island for like 20 years and he would <laughs> still be the best that ever, did, that ever did it. Also his outdoorsiness, his familiarity with the sand and sea, mm. even like the burying of that treasure. You know how he was like 
talking when he talked to us about cross referencing yeah. and like looking at the dunes and accounting for the sand coming in, I was like, whoa. Yeah, I mean, that he was the worst person in terms of for everybody else. Yeah, he was the worst person to get that advantage of being the navigator slash trader because. Anyone else could have buried that treasure somewhere mm. and got there on finals day and gone, shit, now, what was it again? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Everything's changed. Whereas he just has these ocean navigational skills and life experience in the outdoors and he was probably like head of the orienteering team when he was 12 and he, he you know, he just nailed it. Mm. Completely nailed it. And there is a nice poetry in his charity too, you know, being a charity that works very closely with Nati Kuri and, mm. you know, that it is of the ocean where the show was. It seemed like he was going to win pretty early on. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the only critique you can make is just he kind of wrecked that aspect of the show by <laughs> yeah. just being obviously the winner from almost the start. <laughs> and you've got to respect the zinc and the ongoing commitment to sun safety. Yeah. And he had some great, he did have some great like uh, in the moment interviews and things as well. Um, but he's mostly there just for being a crazy savant of the game. Um, the only reason he's not higher is because of the four people who are ahead of him. <laughs> And at number four, we have Lance Savali, who, speaking of savants of the game, this guy was our first example of someone who could just befriend everyone, confuse everyone, and just nice guy his way through it, um, while actually being a really masterful player. He was like... The Joker. He confused people. People would go into conversations going like, I'm going to talk to Lance and I'm going to say this and I'm going to make my point really clear and I'm going to have him up about this and I want to know what he thinks. And they'll come out going, I don't know what happened here, <laughs> yeah. but Lance gave me a pineapple. You know, like just really, he just, he swindled everyone but in the most lovely, affable way. And I th- sometimes think when he was swindling people, it was almost like the sort of, like his eyes were rolling back in his head <laughs> and it, his, he just went into the, this kind of strange trance and just swindled them and then would just be like, oh, am I okay? Like there were those amazing existential yeah. in the moments where he talked towards the end and he was like, I don't know who I am anymore. And I really bought that. Yeah, mm. yeah. But he didn't stop. <laughs> he kept going. Didn't stop. Also, he was like, Pretty physical, pretty good at challenges, right, from memory. Mm. I, I, just, I just remember, like, his little movements is what I remember, particularly in, like, captain's tests Yeah, when he'd be trying to duke people. And I remember him going, mime, or something like that. And it's like, that's something that me and Joe still do around the house to this very day. <laughs> <laughs> I think Lance it was, a, um, it was someone who was able to separate himself from the game. Like, mm. he was yeah. able to just, like, see the game for what it was and just play the goddamn game. And then have fun while doing it as well. I don't think he took any, anything particularly seriously. He was kaihotu for ages. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got to the point where he was like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to be kaihotu anymore. Like making these decisions is hard. You know, I wanted to hand it off to someone else um, and have a go in the elimination arena. I don't know if he ever ended up in the arena at any point. No. He got to the top right. three, obviously, with Chris and Edna and um, very, very nearly, very nearly won it. There was just one more genius thing I remember him doing. Remember when they had a pirate auction and they all had a certain <laughs> number of coins and Lance was just like bankrupt and was just driving up the price of <laughs> everyone else's gym was just like... That was <laughs> amazing. I feel like they should do like economic 300 level papers <laughs> on his, his <laughs> crazy bidding strategy. And then we saw something similar happen in The Apprentice Altero, which surely must have been uh, must have been inspired by Lance Savalli's performance of that auction. <laughs> and number three, Lance's BFF dancing buddy, flatmate Albus Lepetti. What an incredible on-screen talent. Just Bronze winner. Oh, too much entertainment for me to cope with. 
so funny, so fun. Yeah, and if you think about all the facets of, of the game, like incredible in the moments, really, really electric quality in all of the, the challenges, friends with everyone, but also like able to kind of, you know, like play the game as well, like just such a complete package. Yeah, he was really sassy. He he looked, he, he was on the outside looking in a lot of the time, very like Chris Parker-esque from, uh, from the season before in the sense that he could kind of remove himself, see everything that was going on and like call people out in his on-the-fly interviews and be like, I've got your number, don't you worry. You know, he was just incredible. And he kind of had that quite emotional moment maybe three quarters of the way through where he just completely broke down in his interview and was like this is really hard to keep up this persona of being this like sassy person all the time I'm seeing everything this is really difficult he gave a lot of those moments when he talked about his mum as well when he's like all I want is to take my mum to the nail salon Mm. when I get home just such a unique incredible character to have on the show the whole way through and I feel like, because there was some tension, we're talking about, you know, is it Lance or is it Elvis for, for, for the third spot? Lance is, like, too cool, I think. <laughs> Elvis is so relatable. When he's, like, running through the brambles of Final Three, screaming about the spiders and how much he hates everything, <laughs> and he's, like, pissed off at production for making him dig up a cage, I was just like, that's what we want to see. Meanwhile, you know? Lance in the final had, like, some sort of because he has a heart condition and he had some sort of medical kind That's of right. you know God, of and then he just kept on going which no human other than Sebak <laughs> Shelford would do well it's um, also like quite an amazing thing to be like I've come this far in Celebrity Treasure Island even if it risks my life <laughs> I must persist <laughs> Whereas Elvis, when he was like so far back, was still fighting in that in that finale and ran down the beach yelling, Mate ma atonga! And I was like, you are last, my friend. But it just didn't matter, you know. It was so great. I, I also just, just quickly on, on Elvis, like I feel like, like I think certainly I and I think a lot of people have this like complicated relationship with social media don't necessarily think it's a thing that should be, but he is like a classic type of a star, which who was kind of unimaginable in any previous era. Who this phenomenon has has birthed, and it was such a smart thing that this show did that they haven't really done or had kind of found a, a an easy way of doing in other shows. That is like just put them on TV, and you put them up against the the other celebrities from all these all walks of life, and you're like. This guy's kind of rinsing you all. Like, mm. He's brilliant. Mm. He's just amazing, and I love him, and he definitely deserves to be top three. Uh, at number two, which is going to give away who our number one is, but at number two, the dame herself, Dame Susan DeVoy. I had Dame Susie Madness and was pushing for her for number one um, purely because of the perception of her before the show and the perception of her after the show. And during the show. And during the show. Like it changed. Completely. There's probably been no other person that I think has gone into the show and shattered their public persona <laughs> in such a way as James Susan DeVoy. I remember just thinking, especially in the early episodes, like, how was this chick <laughs> race relations commissioner when she was just so ferocious and undiplomatic and just like, this shit talking beast, and then she she kind of retained that, but there was also this kind of softening and this leadership quality 
I mean, you were you you were probably the biggest Susie D fan on the planet, Jane Yee. Yeah, I'm such a fan, and I think um, I, I wasn't at first. I thought she was really mean to Lynette, but I think she what, was. She was. <laughs> but I think um, while you say that, you know she had probably the biggest um, change in her public perception, I reckon that no one in her personal life would have been surprised one bit by no. who she was. I think she was 100% Susie D yeah. the whole way. And at first I wasn't sure if she'd come in a little bit Mike King-esque with that kind of like maybe that's what the intruders were sort of charged with is going and like mucking things up and maybe she was bringing that energy. But no, that's just her. But I can't get past someone who does a vom in the middle of an interview after smashing an entire crayfish. <laughs> like to me, that's hero status. She just dusted herself off, came back down, was like, where was I? And and I'm so scared of vomiting. I have such a phobia of it. The fact that I could listen to Susie D, have a vom on the telly, and for me to not freak out, I think speaks volumes to the effect and power she has over me. <laughs> the, the other thing about her, like, so she had a, a bit of a similar situation to Candy Lane and that she was sort of, even though she was a freaking multi-time world champion at her sport, she, she was kind of did have a bit of that uh, older woman kind of uh, dismissal thing happening, and this isn't a critique of Candy at all. But the strength of her sort of will, the, the and that just how amazingly alpha her personality is, is like that 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 shit did not last very long. <laughs> Also just a quote machine. Oh, a quote I, machine. The only notes I've got is just all the things that she said. Jim's got a big vag mm-hmm. in relation to the possum. Also accused, like, was like the possum's hanging around because it can smell Siobhan's <laughs> breast milk, which is like the gnarliest thing anyone has ever said. So and it's crazy intense. she still has her damehood after that. Eyes like piss holes in the snow. I look like a bush pig. I nearly blew a foo-foo valve. <laughs> she told Mike King to shut the fuck up. <laughs> wow. And she thought the monolith, famously, was a peep show. <laughs> and She's a teddy bird, eh? And her escaping, like going up to the monolith while everyone else was sleeping, just in her PJ pants and trying to like figure out how to open it. <laughs> like just trying to ruin the show. Yeah, she, she was, there was actually some good like... What are the rules? Oh, whatever they, are, they say, I, I say they are kind of stuff on that show, yeah. and she was a big part of that. Her lovely friendship <laughs> with Cam, the fall off the box, um, just everything. Doing she, the splits. Oh, getting hives. Oh, <laughs> oh, we love her. We love her. So that means at number one, our dear friend, wonderful competitor, the little train who didn't think he could but could in the end. Is that what the storybook is? Chris Parker. Yes. <laughs> it has to happen. It has to Rewatching happen. Rewatching the finale just yesterday to brush up. Wow. Come on, man. Such a winner. Such a winner. <laughs> he is bleeding from the mouth. I don't know. There's all these parts that I forgot from that finale. That, like, we know he was so far behind. He was Elvis level far behind. And, like, it was just a lost cause. And we were just waiting for Lance and Edna, who were already digging to find it. What, meanwhile, Chris is like praying to Mariah, <laughs> is saying, you know, there's one thing I don't do, I don't give up. And he fucking won it. He won it. And, and, incredible. And, incredible. And the way and the way he spoke about, you know, like imagining a teenage Chris watching him and, and the, the relationship with Rainbow Youth. And then when he came in I know. To, to the real pod, you went there, Alex, and it was... We were all weeping with we him, like weeping. about 30 seconds of him walking into the studio with what it meant. The silly, silly show and just wrecked like 
like I've never I don't know that doesn't happen he he also like his career trajectory post show I think speaks to just how crucial an element of this entire series from whenever it started to now like he's such he's kind of like the figurehead of it all now um he you know, he came in as a guest on the most recent season. He is just, he's enmeshed so much with the show because of the way that he won, because of the messaging that he put across during his time there. And also just being, again, so likeable, everyone's friend, really funny, really sassy, just incredible commentary in the, uh, and, and B-roll footage of him like playing around in the sand and stuff. Like the perfect character for this show. Mm. When he digs up the treasure and he's just like sobbing and all he can say, he's just saying, that's so good. That's so good. And it's just like, and the fact that he like cracked it because he was remembered the grass at his old flat. Like yeah. just like, oh, what a win. What a it's win. Ama- Honestly, I highly recommend it. It's on TVNZ On Demand. Go back and watch that finale. It's one of the best it's that hours the of reality Ferns. TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do you see 2021. And- <laughs> And we did, um, you know, this was in lockdown. This was in the bad, long, big lockdown. Oh. And, and Chris Parker winning that was a real moment for, I, for all of us. That yeah, as a country, I feel like we just, we sort of found hope. Yeah, we're like, we can beat COVID. Place. Chris has won, Celebrity Treasure Island. We can beat COVID. <laughs> we just have to know the right grass. We have a, an acceptance speech for Chris for this from Chris for this honour. Um, that really we'd, crazy we'd like that to, that's a thing that's happening. We'd like to play it for you now, and we'll let Chris take out the show. Thank you very much for joining us for this roundup, this recap, this ranking of Celebrity Treasure Island, uh, every contestant ever of the last three seasons. <laughs> thank you, Samuel, for recording. Um, but most of all, thank you to all the celebrities for just mm. some quality, amazing television. Here's Chris. This is such a shock. I have got nothing prepared. Um, but I just, I'm so sorry I couldn't be there in person, but I just wanted to formally accept this award, um, which I think is $100,000 for my chosen charity. And I'm so sorry to Dame Susan DeVoy, who is truly an icon and has contributed so much to this um, show that I care so deeply about. But um, to be labelled as New Zealand's hottest contestant on Celebrity Treasure Island is one of the greatest honours of my life. Thank you so much. It is hottest. Kia ora e te iwi, te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.